The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Monday, October 7th, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by the one and only Shark DFS NBA super stud, Mr. Michael Patria. How are you today, Mike? I'm doing swell, Coach. I mean, listen, you're calling me the super stud. I see that following you're gaining over there, man. I see you. I see you shouting out your Twitter followers, answering yeah. questions, getting your getting your thanks thank you screenshots, man. You're, you're killing it out here. You're a stud yourself, man. Good job. Thanks, man. It it has been a really good weekend. We uh, we really fired up some some good picks uh, throughout the entire uh, weekend. So it was it was fun. It's it's uh, we're on we're on the uh, I keep. Uh, putting the bag of money and the, the train symbol up there. So we're on the money train, guys. So let's keep this going. Definitely. And tomorrow we have four games to keep on riding the train right through. So I we mean, do. We got a couple of stops to make in a few different towns. I mean, if we want to keep this pun or analogy going, I guess. So um, I'm looking forward to it, man. This is like the first one where I guess we we almost we do kind of got to look at price a, a little bit now. I mean, not not so much. It's still preseason, so uh, it's not a mega factor. But I mean, now we have four games. Uh, that means eight teams, and that means a few extra studs on the slate. It it does start coming into play, so you know we'll have to maybe uh, you know go a, another level there of of actually considering that as well. But uh, well, well, cool. We've got uh, the nice part about it is we have uh, four and five and six game slates for the next uh, seven days straight, so that's going to be cool, including a four game slate uh, today. Well. We record obviously the night before, so it's it's Sunday night. But this will be for Monday, October seventh slate. There's four games uh, with Orlando, Detroit at six. These are all Central times. Knicks and uh, Wiz at also at six. New Orleans, Atlanta, six thirty, and Milwaukee, Chicago at seven. So it should be uh, a really a good competitive slate. And uh, as we get started here. You know, we want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fantasy Draft. Uh, they are the only rig-free fantasy site in the industry. Uh, they run a main event every Sunday in the NFL, the Half a Million Dollar Hooters Challenge. So you definitely want to jump in there. Go to uh, fantasydraft.com, use the promo code Hoopball, and get seven days free for $1,000 worth of play. So go after it, man, and uh, we thank uh, Fantasy Draft. Uh, they're they're riding through us uh, through the preseason. They become uh, live in NBA on October twenty second, uh, opening night. But uh, but they are they are fully uh, partners with us, and and so we're we're thankful to them. So all right, man, we're let's dive in and hit this first game right off the bat. Um, Orlando, Detroit. Um, do you want to take the Orlando Magic? Well, I mean, I don't necessarily want to take them as much as I did the other night, especially if they're seeing kind of how their rotations panned out. I just want to say good call on that uh, Mo Bamba pick. I mean, he kind of cashed out for a lot of people. I saw that he was in a few of the winning lineups, too. That was a good call, Coach. Um, Thank you, man. Yeah, uh, I, I, what, what saved me was the Mo Bamba and Michael Carter-Williams. They ended up being... Mo Bamba was the highest scorer on the entire slate, uh, and uh, Michael Carter-Williams was third, Anth- squeezed in between Anthony Davis and uh, <clears throat> LeBron James. <laughs> well, I mean, Curry, Curry didn't do so bad himself either, and I think if we had the four minutes in the first quarter back where they just went over. Uh, it, it, you know, it could have been a little closer, but you know, I, I'm, I'm still happy with where I was on that call. I mean, LeBron played the amount of minutes I expected. Uh, he just played phenomenal. I mean, Anthony Davis stole the show, but the whole team looked phenomenal. So, uh, but back to this game, uh, I think we could look back at those guys again with being Bamba and Carter Williams. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned Fultz and he was a guy that I liked on the, on the first night that they played, but 
you know, it being such a close game, second preseason game, you know, he might be somebody I, you know, stay a little bit clear from, especially after everybody else kind of jumped on that hype train. Uh, just a guy that, you know, even if he's fully clear and fully healthy, they might, they might not want to just rush him back and let him play too many, too many minutes close together. So I, you know, I'm going to stay clear from him. I'll probably be looking more towards Michael Carter Williams as far as the point guard Vucevic, um, a guy that I always love to play. Uh, they're going to need him in this matchup if they're going to match Drummond's minutes. But again, yeah. I'm going to kind of go with your Mobamba play on this one. Uh, my center spot's reserved on the other side of the ball for this. Okay, no, nope, that's a good call. Uh, as far as me with Orlando, you know, as of now, they don't have anybody listed as out or injured, so that's a good thing. Um, you know, again, as I stated, you know, the other day, uh, really, uh, Williams and Bomb were the only two guys I used because uh, I just, you know, their rotation is so deep in, uh, you know, and, and their coach likes to rotate quite a few guys in preseason based on past history. So it's hard to really zone in on anybody. Now, I am going to uh, go a little bit with Jonathan Isaac and uh, maybe uh, a little Aaron Gordon in the mix as well. Uh, along probably with Bamba again. I know that everybody uh, is going to jump on Bamba. He was you know, about 12.6% owned uh, on one of the sites, which was super low. Uh, but, you know, that's probably everybody's going to get on that gravy train. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at Isaac. I think just Isaac is in, getting in a groove, getting confident. I think he's going to have a bigger role with the team. So, uh, you know, knowing that uh, – you know, there's so much uncertainty with Detroit's three position. I think Isaac uh, may get a free run of doing some good things when he's on the court. But again, not a not a team uh, of the you know with an eighteen slate that I'm going to focus on. Uh, I'm going to try to mix and match probably Isaac and Gordon Bond and Bomba in there. Well, I don't I don't know if you saw the quote um, or what the you know what the Magic are saying now is that they're actually going to do a little bit of experimenting during the preseason running Gordon and Isaac at the four and five, so that could, you know that would obviously uh, bode well for them. This might not be the right matchup you want to do it in, right? Uh, you know, going against this front court, so maybe they'll save it for another game. But just the fact that they're willing to run them at a couple of different lineups in a couple of different positions. Uh, will only bode well for their minutes at the end of the day. Uh, you know, good call on both those guys. They both have a little bit of boom bust. I always said Aaron Gordon's the guy I'll never get right, so I just stare clear and I just take my losses on the nights he goes off. And you know, just seeing that he performed well in their last uh, preseason game kind of scares me off of him even more. But you know, again, if I'm saying he's probably going to do bad and I don't get it right, play a lot of Aaron Gordon, I guess. Yeah, and you know, it's the, the thing. You know, you may want to fade Vuk and Bomba. You know, I mean, the bottom line is. Uh, you know, uh, and we'll, I'll just go to that. I'll lead into this ex- other game by stating what I was just going to say. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, start with the Pistons is with Drummond and Griffin both expected to play. You know, that does create a matchup issue uh, on the front line, uh, you know, and, and not sure. But, you know, I, I can't see them going small, like you said, uh, that they're going to, you know, I, I did read that as well, that they're going to experiment with that, and I think it'll work against certain teams, but certainly not a Griffin Drummond front line. So it makes it uh, a little bit difficult. And this is definitely not my favorite game of the night, but you know it it, it is uh, at Detroit, and you know they're going to be stoked up uh, for them out on the court. And you know even if they play a half, you know you got to consider uh, either Griffin or Drummond. I'm always partial to that because. I generally use one or the other uh, when it's a, a matchup against a team where I think they can exploit some of the, the front line. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm interested to check, double check on pricing and relook at, at some things, but I am gonna consider a, a Griffin or Drummond play. Um, a couple of other guys, uh, really only one that I specifically like on the Pistons is Bruce Brown. I. You know, he and Luke Kennard, you know, they uh, are in a battle for the two spot. Langston Galloway, uh, Derek Rose may play a little too alongside of Jackson. So there's a lot of competition of minutes. I think Brown has sort of the first run at it, run at it with uh, Coach. So I'm, I'm looking for him to step up. You know, I, I try to really spearhead the guys that, that have to, 
you know, show something in order to solidify either their starting spot or a spot in the rotation. So Bruce Brown is sort of a guy that, that steps out of it for me. So, you know, I'll be looking for him in a lot of lineups and either or with Griffin or Drummond determining, determining uh, you know, pricing and sight with them. And there are contests on both DraftKings and FanDuel, and the pricing is a little different. So uh, that's where I am on Detroit. Uh, I'm in the same exact spot with you. It's only two people for me. It's Bruce Brown and it's Andre Drummond. If I if I were to tell you last season, uh, their first preseason game last season, they only had two position players play more than 27 minutes. And just doing that alone is pretty pretty wild itself. It was their shooting guard. It was Kennard and Drummond play himself. Played 34 minutes in the first preseason game last season. So, yeah. uh, you know, Casey's not necessarily shy to play him. So I don't know if he's going to go do that again, but if I'm not expecting 34. I, I I would take 24 to 26, and I'd run to the bank with it. I'm with you, man. All right, game one down. Let's go uh, jump right to the next one, which uh, first team is the Knicks. I'll take the Knicks. They have a plethora of injuries at guard specifically. Uh, they already have three of their uh, main ball handlers out. Uh, Dennis Smith, Damian Dotson, and Kadeem Allen are all out for that game. So, you know, that puts a big circle uh, for me uh, on this game with uh, the elf off the shelf with Alfred Payton. I think that he'll get a really, really solid run. And also uh, Frank Nindalekina, I think, will get some run as well. Uh, He had some... Uh, stretches in, in FIBA with France that, that he played well and somewhere he disappeared, which has sort of been his MO since he's uh, come into the league. But I think, you know, with Peyton uh, and or the pivot to Nidalekina, uh based on the fact that they're just so uh, shallow in the depth chart on the guard side, um, you know, are definitely good looks. Um, obviously, you've got uh, R.J. Barrett, who, you know, being a rookie and, you know, it is New York and, you know, it's uh, a spotlight. I know they want to get him as much run as possible. I think that uh, R.J. is a very strong play, too. Um, you know, his pricing is, is still going to be fair. So I have no problem, you know, going with a, a combination, probably leaning towards Peyton and Barrett. Uh, and may, you know, stack those two guys. As far as the big guys, you know, I'm going to go to the pass button just as as I'm going to do uh, pretty much when the regular season rolls around. Um, I expect to see minutes tomorrow in the 3-4-5 spot split up between Knox, Morris, Ellington, Barrett will play a little three, Randall, Portis, Taj Gibson, Marcus Morris, Mitchell Robinson, uh, you know, that's a lot of guys. And I just don't feel comfortable saying, you know, are any of these guys going to show out beyond, you know, 16 minutes, 18 minutes of play? I doubt it. You know, Uh, Julius Randle's going to get a lot of of ownership. He is an awesome DFS guy because he's, you know, like I I say a a lot on the shows, he'll knock his own guy out of the way to, get a bucket or, or get a rebound, which you got to love as a DFS player. But uh, I'm going to, I'm going to steer clear of the bigs. Well, I don't knock it for you or knock you for it, but it, I mean, Robinson's a guy that I'm going to definitely have my eye on. It's going to be, like I said, Drummond's probably going to be my favorite center on the slate. And I expect those two guys to garner the highest ownership amongst setters. Um, mm-hmm. Just with the hype train following Robinson around, but we've seen what he did in limited minutes last season. He can easily drop a 40 draft King point night. Uh, in 20 minutes so true he's a guy that i'm definitely gonna still have my eye on he's a little bit of, of priced up um actually looking at it now 5200 is is really affordable so at that price um i wouldn't mind going double center with him and and drummond you know no matter what he's gonna have 20 minutes locked up uh i think going forward this is a young team i like the barrett call he's gonna be a, he's gonna guy i have a lot of ownership in uh, they're gonna want. He's gonna shoot a bad percentage all season long. But bottom line is, they're gonna want him to work out as many kinks as possible. 
uh, heading into the regular season. Alfred Payton, another great call with all these injuries down there at point guard. Uh, they don't have a lot to rely on. Nitaclina also did play in FIBA. I kind of, you know, have been trying to do my best steering clear of too many FIBA guys going into the preseason, at least the first game. Uh, right. It's it's just a game that they don't really need to focus on coming off, give them a little bit more rest kind of thing. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to steer clear of Nitaclina. I'm not going to completely X him out of my player pool. Uh, but I definitely think Alfred Payton would probably be my first guess. So I, I, more or less, I'm looking at Payton, Barrett, and Robinson. Um, I wouldn't knock you for Julius Randle. He's, I think he's a great tournament player. I think he's going to be very, uh, I would say, over-owned, given the other options that we're going to have. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest R.J. Barrett fan. You know, we've talked about this several times. That to me, he still has to prove it. But, you know, I think where he'll hurt the most is field goal and free throw percentage. And, again, you know, for DFS, that, that isn't as, as, you know, as long as he's going to chuck and duck, that's fine. He, I don't care how many shots he gets up as long as he's putting up uh, fantasy points. So, you know, I, I lean – I think that he'll be more of a, a consistent DFS play uh, than anything else. So, call, though. I, I, I like your Mitchell Robinson. Like you said, he can – he can throw so many blocks on the board so quick. And, you know, the fact that he knows that he doesn't have to play a ton of minutes because it's preseason, he will probably go after blocks and, and everything, you know, full tilt. Now, I did read an article today where he made a comment and said he understands, you know, how the foul trouble has been such a limitation for him. And he was now willing to, you know, give up a few of those blocks to be a little bit more sensible and not just be like a crazy man. Like I said, in the one NBA preseason game, it was it was a, so funny. There was a bunch of time left in the game, and he he got his seventh foul because you get ten fouls in 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 uh, summer league, and and it was like, good lord! I mean, he has seven fouls in like you know eighteen minutes. It's almost hard to believe. So I'm hoping, you know, I think. From a preseason DFS standpoint, he'll be a little more aggressive because he doesn't have to get out those long minutes. But it, obviously, with that comment, though, it is a little bit in his head. So, you know, we'll see. It's going to be – he's going to be an interesting guy to watch. Yeah, I just – I'm now that I'm thinking about it, that price tag is absurd. I know it is it's, absurd. I know it's a preseason price tag, but just, you know, looking in comparison sake, Julius Randle is 1600 more than him. Give me, yeah. give me Robinson at 52 over Randle at 68 any day of the week. There's no no doubt it's a value play. And, you know, if we have to start looking at value plays with, you know, now that we have four and five games, six game slates every night, uh, you know, that he's certainly underpriced, no doubt about it. All right, man, I'm going to jump to the, the Washington Wizards. Um, they have their injury news. Mahimi is out for about six weeks. Uh, and uh, their rookie Schofield, uh, is not expected to play either. Um, so, you know, they've got a lot of guys somehow dinged up uh, that are questionable. A lot should play, but uh, guys like Miles Brown uh, and uh, uh, Bonga are all uh, supposedly supposed to get minutes but not, are not 100%, which is hard to believe that this guy's made dinged up, you know, five days into the – uh, camp, but it is what it is. So, you know, Washington for me, you know, I'm a big Hashimura fan. I think that he's going to start and be, you know, one of the better rookie contributors. I'm, I'm looking at him as a first team, all rookie team player this year. A lot of it, you know, because I think he's got a lot of talent and he's very mature for his age and his game is mature. Uh, you know, but also the, the whole minutes equal money thing. I think he's really going to get a good run. I know, you know, uh, Thomas Bryant's their starter. Your man Davis Bertans will get some four or five action, but that's really as deep as they go, as we talked about the other day. So, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at uh, Hashimura in this game. I think he's gonna want to, you know, have a good first game at home. Um, in front of the, the, you know, the, the fans. And, and I think he's going to be a fan favorite there. Uh, after that, you know, I just, you know, everybody's going to be taking Bradley Beal and he's probably going to be one of the most, 
uh, expensive and highly owned guys all year because from a usage standpoint, he's going to obliterate and dominate his team without question. I just, I just don't feel good about it. I don't, I don't want to spend the high dollar on him for, you know, uh, what could be, uh, 18 minutes of, of action. And, you know, Scotty Brooks is another coach that likes to rotate. And I wouldn't doubt that, you know, he'll play all his young dudes, uh, pretty much the whole second half. Um, that was sort of the, you know, the look that they gave even in, um, even in the summer league. So I'm probably a Hashimura and that's it for me on the whiz. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Uh, Hashimura. And then I have one other name that I kind of, uh, kind of keep tripping over and, you know, Jordan McCray. He's a guy that when he gets minutes, he's a gunner. Um, he's going to good point. Great. That's a great call. Actually. Yeah. He's a, he's a gunner. Uh, you know that Thomas had his thumb surgery, so it, it pretty much just leaves him in Ish Smith really. Um, and just looking at what they did in their first preseason game last season, they kind of really limited their starters' minutes. The most a starter played was Bradley Beal. He played 22 minutes. The rest of them uh, went all to the bench. They went 15 deep. Uh, Kelly Oubre played 27 off the bench. Rivers played 23 off the bench. Green, 23 off the bench. Brown, 20 off the bench. So they really spread out, uh, spread the minutes out across the bench. Yeah. So it really scares me with any of the starters. But, you know, uh, with you talking about Ashimura, he's also a rookie. They didn't have any rookies in their starting lineup, and that's a big factor. When you're talking about things that kind of check off boxes where you, they interest me in preseason games, it's, you know, rookies, new guys playing on new teams, uh, those kinds of things. You give them a little bit of boost. And so uh, that's all I got for those. I'm probably going to fade Beal, and I'm not really enticed by the other wing players. Maybe you want to go Troy Brown, but uh, I'd rather play McCray personally. Yeah, and I may, you know, I may utilize that McCray pick. I, I think I'm going to fold that into it. I, I, you know, I he's he is such a good fantasy points per minute guy. You know, whenever he does get an opportunity, and he may get an extended opportunity just because they're uh, backcourt shortage. So I love it, man. You're that's why these shows are good. We we rattle each other's brains sometimes to point out some things that are staring us in the face that we didn't see. So, uh, good call. All right, man. Um, let's go to the next game. We have the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. And the only thing I saw was uh, Favors tweaked his hammy in practice uh, yesterday or the day before. And he is questionable. So, I am not going to, you know, I can't see why the heck they'd want to play Favors anyway uh, in that scenario. Now, Jackson Hayes is healthy. He did sit out of practice the other day. They said strictly out of precautionary reasons. No idea what that means, but, you know, I would expect him to get minutes. Uh, I was, you know, really excited to, to maybe dial him up, but I'll let you, I'll let you hit uh, – it's your turn, so go ahead and hit your, your Pelicans. Uh, yeah, you know, give me the one that's like a complete crapshoot at this point. There's, <laughs> it's it's a whole new it's a whole new lineup. Uh, you know, they're a hundred <laughs> deep, man. They got a million guys, and they're all young. So you could take that out of there, where it's like give the bonus to the young guy who they'll want to play a little bit more. Um, just looking at it, 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 this can go any which way. This is going to be your lottery ticket. It's going to be this game. It's going to be a high score. This is two teams that play at a fast tempo that plan to play at a fast tempo. Uh, during the regular season, uh, on the New Orleans side, obviously we got to talk about Zion. He's going to be very high owned, I think. I think a lot of people are going to target it just to the name. Uh, he also could easily go out there in 24, 25 minutes to produce against this Hawks team, uh, just given the matchup. So he's going to be a guy I have uh, my eye on. I think I'll I'll stay away from Drew Holiday just because I think this team knows what they have in him. He's a guy that doesn't need to play big minutes. Um, not really good. He's interchangeable at the end of the day. I think it, the guys I'm going to be looking at are going to be the new key young guys who they're going to need to play a lot together to really master that momentum and that pace, which is going to be like Lonzo, Zion, uh, a little bit of Ingram. And then if obviously if we're not looking at any favors, I think Jalil Okafor kind of creeps into play. But, again, they kind of know what they have with him. And we have a couple other centers already on the board. We mentioned Mitchell Robinson. We mentioned Drummond, where you don't, I don't think you need to go there. But it wouldn't shock me if he has a halfway decent game. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's it for your Pelicans? That, you're, you're not going to dig any deeper, huh? I, I don't think I really need I, – I mentioned a few other spots, like my McCray. I'm going to – 
at the end of the day, I don't think we need to go too deep. They're going to be very deep themselves as it is. This is a game that, like I said, we're going to want to target. doesn't mean I want to full-on stack it. If I yeah. get you know three or four players from this game, I think that would be enough. Um, but I don't, I don't really think I need to go to your Frank Jacksons. You know, it's in any other case. You know, if it was, if if Lonzo wasn't there and it was Drew Holiday expected to be the point guard, I would say Frank Jackson makes for a great play. But as much time as they can get with Lonzo Ball and Zion and the rest of these young guys that came over playing yeah. against an actual NBA team before the regular season starts, the better. So I wouldn't be shocked if these guys do play, you know, fairly heavy minutes. I mean, by that I mean twenty four to twenty six minutes. Um, yeah. It wouldn't shock me one bit, but they are so deep where, again, it wouldn't shock me. This is like a GPP game. Yeah, it is. And it's 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 so tough. It's going to be tough even when the regular season rolls around because of their depth. But you, I'll tell you what, if, if this was uh, regular season and it's Pelicans, Hawks, I'm stacking it probably two and two uh, out of this game for sure because – that, you know, this is going to be a high-scoring regular season game. Now, you know, how does that, you know, relate to, to this situation where there's so many guys that are going to play? Now, I'm, you know, I am going to probably use Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and I'll tell you why. He was so damn incredible in summer league, and I just, I don't know if he's he's on the cusp of either making the team or not making the team or if he does make the team they're going to try to slide him into the bottom of the rotation so i think he's playing for a lot playing for not having to go down to the g league because of the depth on this team so that's one guy i'd like to give a, a shot at and uh we'll definitely have it in a in a lineup or two um i can tell you that i read uh uh, something today where um, my man David Griffin, the GM wizard, he said so far in camp it hasn't even been close that Brandon Ingram has been their best player. He said he he just he's uh, really come into his own. He's put on about 20 pounds, which he probably needs to put on 50. But uh, they said so. You know that makes me want to maybe give him a look. Uh, they did clear him 100% from the clots. He's totally healthy. And uh, so I'm looking at, at Ingram as probably going to be a play and a little Alexander Walker. Um, I'll probably, you know, steer from the other guys. I know Zion will be highly owned. And, you know, uh, again, as explosive as he is, uh, you know, I, he could do a lot of damage in 20, 25 minutes. And he's a consideration for sure. Uh, again, you know, the big news, it was interesting. You know, the NBA has really uh, sent in the, the uh, height and weight patrol group uh, this year and put out all the official sizes of people. And he's Zion is officially 6'6". Six, six. That's that crazy. Is, that is small, dude. And, and we were looking at Luke is 6'7". Luke is taller and Zion Williamson, just to give you that kind of an idea. So, you know, they talk about playing him at the five sometimes in small ball at six, six. So I don't know if I'm interested to see if Gentry uses him a little bit at the three, even three, four, five. I don't know. It's going to be, you know, a, a, a fun preseason to watch how uh, they put the pieces together with this Pelicans team. But, um, Anyway, I, I was shocked that he's only 6'6". But I'm going to go uh, – I, I think Ingram's going to be a, a plug-in guy for me. I just – you know, I, I've been on his bandwagon. After I read that with Griffin, it was like, okay, I think i got to give this guy a little look. So that's where I'm at with the Pelicans. Yeah, nah, pretty much the same spot for me, like I said before. Um, it's just, you know, Zion, Lonzo. If you wanted to play a little Ingram, I don't knock that. I like Ingram. Um I think he can easily be one of the you know the leading scorer for this team, even though Zion's obviously coming out with all that hype. At the end of the day, Ingram, we, before you know, you mentioned before that blood clot thing, uh, he was playing very good ball. You he know. sure was. He's, yeah, he's he a was. guy that's a very good ball handler. He can facilitate an offense as well. So you might even see a little bit of him playing uh, point guard in the second unit. That wouldn't shock me once the regular season comes. I'm with you. 
All right, Atlanta Hawks. I'm excited to go to them because this is my top play of the night. I, I've got. I'm going to use Trey Young lock, lock and load in all my lineups. It's in Atlanta, first preseason game. You know, I'm using the same theory with him as I I did Buddy Hill. Of you know, this is the year they step up to be a, uh, an All Star level player. They have extremely short backcourt. I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do at point. You know, their depth chart right now, you've got Trey Young backed up by Evan Turner, who is out, by the way. So let's let's uh, make sure we mention that Evan Turner is out. Um, and then they have their three their sec, third listed point guard is DeAndre Bembry, who's not a point guard. The next guy, Cam Reddish, who's not a point guard, and he's – uh, dinged a little, so he's a game time decision. And then the only other guy they have even on any kind of depth chart is Brandon Goodwin. So I, you know, I, it's going to be very interesting to see, even going into the regular season. I mean, Young is going to be such a target. So he's my number one guy. I'm excited to play him. He's going to be, uh, like I say, a lock and load for me. After that, um, I, I'm not going to touch Atlanta uh, on any other guys. You know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm not sure what to expect out of DeAndre Hunter yet. Um, you know, Herter has been dinged a little bit. Alan Crabb is also out. So Turner and Crabb are out. Um, you know, you're going to get a little bit of reddish probably if he does play. And then you've got the the mixture of the bigs of, of John Collins, who I, I love, but not tonight. And, and then Jabari Parker, um, Damian Jones, a little Bruno uh, Fernando, and Alex Len. So I think they're bigs. You know, we like we said, we've identified a lot of bigs already. So, you know, I'm going to be Trey Young or bust, and that's probably going to be my solo hawk for the game. I love Trey Young as well. It's hard not to love him, um, just for every aspect. You know the guy, what the guy can do. He can easily drop ten assists in twenty minutes, and I expect, like you said, a couple more. But I have a little bit more interest in these young guys in the wing. Um, Cam Reddish, last I actually checked on the, he's being listed as probable, so I, he's expected to play. And the the one reason why I have a little interest in Cam Reddish, and you know, it might bite me playing him in this game, and I might see it come to fruition later on during the preseason. But he didn't play any time in summer league, so this guy's coming out basically completely raw from college and just practice. So they're gonna yeah. want to get him some NBA experience and get him as much time as possible on the court. And with all those other wings that you did mention, um, are out. You know, Alan Crabs is out, and Chandler Parsons is gonna be out. Uh, you mentioned Evan Turner as well, so that's basically going to, in my opinion, uh, leave a lot of it on the wing for Reddish and Hunter. And Reddish, like you said, can also play some backup point as well. So he has a few avenues to get there. Um, really risky. I wouldn't recommend him necessarily in cash. He'd be more of a GPP play. But he's definitely he definitely perks my interest in John Collins as well, just knowing how elite he is in a point-per-minute basis and what he could do, especially in this matchup. If he's drawing a, a direct matchup against uh, Zion, he could really take advantage of that on, on the offensive way. So, uh, for me, it's those three guys. Hunter does peak it a little bit, but I would, I think I would rather prefer Reddish just on the sole fact of uh, they're going to want to get this guy some NBA run. I, here's an interesting thing, and it's funny that you mentioned Reddish because about you know right before we got on the pod, I just had this discussion with my son because we were talking about some of these teams, and he absolutely loves Reddish. And I and I was so I I dug in. This is an incredible stat. So he played at Duke, obviously, last year with, with RJ and Zion. And he averaged 13 points a game, which is reasonable. 3.7 ass- uh, rebounds, 1.9 assists, which is okay. But here's the thing that I couldn't believe. Guess, I'll, just g- I'll give you one guess. What was his field goal percentage from three and his field goal percentage from the field the entire season for Duke. Now, granted, the guy was drafted as a shooter. He's supposed to be a shooter. So let me. Uh, that's going to give you a little hint, but take a guess. Uh, I would imagine that you know, if if my memory serves me correct, that I, I know he shot terrible. I know he was actually kind of a little bit of a disappointment while he was at Duke, knowing that he was coming out of high school as a five-star recruit. He was. 
probably, if not the most highly touted prospect coming out of his class um, when he was leaving high school. So I think that that's kind of why he was a big disappointment. So I'm going to guess he might have shot like 29% from the field, but surprisingly shot a little bit better from three-point. Uh, not as bad. He was he was 33% from three and 35% from the field. To shoot 35% from the field just sort of shocked me. I thought was a little bit, and 33% also from, from three. So I don't know. You know, maybe that's an aberration. Maybe, you know, because he wasn't one of the main, uh, you know, top two uh, options in that offense. Uh, it'll be an interesting guy to, to see, you know, what he's made of. Uh, you know, I, a lot of people are in his corner. I still think he has to somehow find a way to leap past Herter for the, the, the key minutes when the regular season starts. But I just thought that was an interesting stat. I would not have thought he was low 30s as a shooter uh, coming out of college because it's, uh, as you know, the defense gets just a little bit tougher when you take this level of a step up. So, oh, definitely. Uh, oh, and one more thing with uh, with uh, Kevin Huerta. Um He's already been said that his his minutes are going to be monitored and limited. Yeah, he will play, but there's there's not a chance he plays as much minutes as some of these other starters. So, in that that kind of says something to me for some of the other starters when you think about it, like some of the guaranteed starters. Because if he's playing limited minutes, yeah. um you you got to imagine it's more than ten, you know, lower than twenty, and that to me says that some of these other starters might get more than twenty. Yeah, yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe a DeAndre Hunter, you know, ends up being a better play than we're giving him credit for. One of, yeah, one of those minutes. one of those young wings are going to do something, whether it's Hunter or Reddish. I'm expecting one of them to do something just with Somebody all the availability. Yeah, they have yeah. to. And, you know, John Collins is a fine pivot. If, if, if you know, I may, as I'm building these lineups, uh, you know, and, and really uh, dig in here, may pivot to him on a few spots just because, again – He's one of those guys in in 15 minutes can do a phenomenal amount of damage, let alone if he gets 25. So, um, all right, awesome. Uh, let's We got the last game, man. One game left. That's Believe it. it or not, we have one game left. Um, Milwaukee Bucks. And the only guy I have listed as uh, a game-time decision, but – Missed the last practice was DJ Wilson. Other than that, looks like everybody else is is a green light right now. Yeah, and I think it's something uh, hamstring related or quad related. If I read correctly um, earlier today, and they're being very cautious with it. That's not a serious injury, but anytime you know it's something like a hamstring or one of those muscle soft muscle uh, injuries, you got to be wary of it because they can linger. So I wouldn't be shocked if he sits. And he wasn't a guy that we were going to be. You know, too too keen on. Um, anyway, just knowing how deep this Bucks team is, it's Definitely. kind of hard to be in love with anybody. Again, this is a perfect example. Is I'm going to try to just fade all the guys that were in FIBA. So uh, you know, Giannis. It's hard to say don't play Giannis. Again, it's kind of that situation like we were talking about the other night with LeBron, where if you told me he's going to be the best player on the slate, it wouldn't shock me. But we kind of have to take a stance on some guys. So yeah. I think I think that's going to be my stance with them is you know if I'm playing six to you know seven lineups I'll have them in maybe one, possibly two. But the guy I'm going to be targeting the most uh, would be Bledsoe. Bledsoe, okay. And wh- and your reasoning? Again, I'm I you know I'm not playing Middleton. I'm not playing Giannis. Just the fact that a lot of the damage Bledsoe was able to do last season, if people are paying attention, was when Brogdon was off the court and Brogdon got hurt. Uh, Bledsoe really started to shine and start becoming a very good point per minute producer again, um, just being the primary ball handler with Brogdon off the floor. So knowing that Brogdon's gone again, I have a lot of shares going into the regular season for year long for Bledsoe. Uh, that gets me a little juiced up. And, you know, again, with the FIBA, I'm not really touching the front court between Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez, uh, not playing Ursan. All those guys are kind of veterans. So they kind of scare me with their minutes. There's no reason to play them. Um, and Bledsoe's always just a gamer. So I, if you give him 22, 24 minutes, he played 20 minutes last year um, in their first preseason game and was able to put up some pretty good numbers. So I'm kind of looking forward to that, and it's a good matchup, I think, for him uh, on the you know offensive side with having Sadoransky, uh, Chris Dunn across from him. Uh, he could take advantage of that matchup. Perfect. Uh, for me, this is going to be the simplest thing ever, uh, and it will be this way for me with the Milwaukee Bucks. 
There's a couple of teams in the league, the Bucks probably at the at in the number one spot on this theory for me is my biggest faded teams in preseason where I've had success in the last three or four years are the teams that have an established coach like Coach Bud, and they have an established team where almost everybody's back. They already know what everybody's role is going to be. And this team is already, I mean, they could start the season tomorrow and everybody knows exactly what minutes everybody's getting. There's really no no confusion whatsoever. So what that does to me is tell me that the minutes will be split. It'll be completely unpredictable. A lot of the young guys will, you know, slice and dice in there. So generally I'm going to take a full pass on Milwaukee, and this game is no different. Pass. Hey, I'm not knocking you. Like I said, I'm not going to be plugging Bledsoe into every single lineup. Um, but if I had to pick one of those, I guess you could say, big three guys over there from between Bledsoe, Middleton, and Giannis, give me Bledsoe out of those three. Otherwise, I'm kind of with you. I'm not really touching him. Um, I, you know, maybe a few guys on the other side of the ball once we get there, but I'm kind of with you. They're just too deep, and that's a good way to put it. You know, just like you said, it. they're very established. They kind of know their roles. They know the rotation, and they know that they're playing for a bigger picture. So you don't Correct. really need to take any chances during preseason. Uh, you know, getting off to a slow start because because one of your main players decided to tear a hammy or something. So uh, try to yeah. limit the, as much running, I guess you could say. Let them run in practice. I never really got that though. Like when Zion's shoe blew out, and a lot of people were always talking about, well, uh, you know, this is why you should be out. You know, guys can get hurt during practice. They can get hurt during games. They can get hurt walking up their stairs on their way home. So it, it really could happen at any point. Um, but it's something that we always have to take into account. Yeah, and, you know, just from the years I coached, I just remember my, you know, generally going into any preseason or exhibitions or scrimmages, we used to call them prior to the season starting, you generally had two goals. One was try to get, you know, some chemistry a little bit out there, you know, and get it comfortable. But always the biggest thing was let's just get out of this with no injuries and everybody healthy specifically when you have an established team. And that's what I see here. So, uh, yeah, that makes sense to me. So we have one team left, but before we do that, just another quick mention, uh, you know, our, our sponsor and uh, presenter in this whole deal is Fantasy Draft. We appreciate them. Go to fantasydraft.com. They're the, the amazing thing is they're the only rake-free site. And I know we haven't had a chance to talk much about it late, lately, but I'll tell you, you can save an absolute boatload uh in those in those rakes and and until you start seeing that when you know for me when i play some of the big head-to-heads or the multipliers where there's usually a big fat you know rake coming out of there uh and it's a zero rake i mean it makes a huge impact uh so i'm you know i couldn't uh recommend people going there uh anymore so um that's one thing the other thing is as you tune in every day, our Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast can be heard everywhere podcasts are found. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. We're everywhere. Red Circle puts us out. And, we're you know, it's just it's awesome that everybody can jump in there. Please take the time, you know, five stars, likes. Give us some positive reviews. We want to keep our sponsors happy and you know, we believe very strongly that we are the best free content DFS daily show in the industry, bar none. And and I'd be happy to argue that fact with anybody. So uh, please support us there. So the other thing is, if you have any questions, suggestions, especially early on in preseason, uh, I did get two, two chicken suit pictures uh, sent to me uh, again for... Uh, the, the chicken suit challenge that Mike is probably going to lose. So thank you for sending me those uh, on on uh, Twitter. But I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Hit us up like crazy. And remember, you know, we're doing these the night before. Our, our strategy on these was we wanted them out in the morning. So tomorrow when you're heading to work or, you know, you have a break or lunch break or whatever, you listen to this 
uh, content and, you know, absorb it all, figure out what your lineups are going to be, you know, rather than racing at the end of the day. And then during the day, keep uh, in tune with us on Twitter. We'll be updating stuff and, you know, also follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter. Our blurbs and all of our HoopBall folks will be putting anything up for late scratches and everything else. And be aware that, you know, that the rule this year is going to be great. The teams have to put their starting lineups and their injured guys uh, to the media a full 30 minutes before the game, which has never uh, been like that before. It's not like that for preseason. So I'm telling you, you I cannot tell you the difference uh, five minutes before the, the, the game the other night, a couple nights ago, uh, they had announced Quinn Cook was out just like five minutes before the game. And I pivoted right to Michael Carter Williams and, you know, won me a slate. So, you know, keep keep an eye on that, on, on the news on that in the preseason. And then we'll give a little bit more lead to, uh, time to you as the regular season goes. Okay. I'm ha- uh, out of breath here. Take so a breath. Go, Take a breath. So go with our last squad, bro, the Chicago Bulls. And I will tell you that uh, Carter Jr. is questionable. He may or may not play. So, you know, that takes him off my list just because I, you know, in exhibition, you got to be crazy. They're not going to push anybody that's dinged. And uh, Chandler Hutchison, the second-year guy, is definitely out. So those are the two guys uh, that will not play. So what do you got there, brother? Yeah, I mean, you just you mentioned two of their you know bigger young names, and another guy that I'm pretty much treating is out is Luke Cornett. Uh, he was you know been dealing with turf toe since you know the, the end of September, so turf toe is not anything that you really just get over. It's something that usually lingers for a little while, and yes. it's kind of funny when you think about an NBA player getting turf toe. No, you don't need to be playing football on a turf to get turf toe, uh, but it is a very very painful injury to play through. So I imagine they just kind of want to let him. Uh, get as much rest as possible, and if he does play, it'd be very, very limited minutes. So I, I'm treating both of their, I guess, main centers as out. So that for me kind of puts on, uh, puts in, you know, marketing as a guy that a lot of people might have their eye on. He could be playing a little bit of center in this game. Um, you know, again, he's going to be one of their key cogs. So we have to worry how much minutes does he actually get. Cristiano uh, Felicio is another guy. I think he's a great garbage time guy that. They've always been able just to throw in there when they have no other bodies. And right now seems like one of those times where they don't have a lot of bodies. Um, and then Zach Levine and Otto Porter. Those are the really, I'm not really touching anybody at point guard. I don't really want anything to do with Sadoransky, Kobe White, or Chris Dunn. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, let that, I'll let that be somebody else's problem. Um, Otto Porter, I, I think, is a, a big name that he's going to be a major part of this offense going forward. For since Ever since that trade, he's kind of really shown what he could do and blossomed. And yeah. I'm expecting him to do that during preseason. He's a guy that I've always kind of struggled with getting right. But once he kind of went to the Bulls, I was able to get him right a little bit more. Thad Young, I'm staying away from, just a veteran presence. He has been he was really just brought in to be a veteran guy in the locker room. He's 33 years old. He doesn't need to play during preseason. No, I agree. Uh, Chicago, for me, you know, I the, the one sleeper guy that I'm going to put in one – one lineup that I throw in a GPP is Daniel Gafford. He's a, a center that, that looked fantastic in summer league. Uh, he's fighting for, uh, to make the team. I, I, I think he's better than Cristiano Felicio, my personally. Uh, and I think that, you know, I, he'll get some run, especially if Carter and Cornette are out, which I think they possibly will be. So Gafford, even though there's a, just a glutton of centers in this, uh, that we want to play, I'm going to use in one or two uh, little GPP spins because he could be a break-the-slate guy if he plays really well uh, and gets 25 minutes. Um, you know, Zach Levine's always going to be an option for me, but you know, let me just give you this quick rundown of the depth at the 1-2 spot. Sadoransky, Dunn, White, Archdiakono, uh, and then you got Levine, Denzel Valentine's back this year. Uh, and you know, that, that's a lot of seven, eight guys that are going to get some minutes in this game, um, for sure. So, you know, I, I am, I'm going to probably look to try to fit Levine in, um, 
and then you know gaffer is a little gpp push and other than that just sort of let the depth of this game play out and milwaukee plays such a sound defensive scheme you know i think they'll hold chicago uh in check a little bit so i'm gonna be pretty light on this game it's a good call i mean the milwaukee's backup uh you know second unit you know defense is like a lot of teams first units is having guys like george hill robin lopez available so uh that's a good call be very limited in your spots i mean now we have four games so you don't need to you don't need to go overboard on any one team so i think yeah i think we got it right there i think we're good beautiful man we're set in stone and then um Tomorrow night will be, I think, my first solo show. That'll be, uh, you know, uh, once I get talking and I don't have anybody to check me like you, it could get ugly. But uh, (laughs) we'll see how that rolls. But uh, really, that's it for this slate. Do you have any other uh, comments or or info that uh, you want to share? I know. I I would say just, you know, keep track of, uh, you know, the hoop ball blurbs and, uh, you know, I'll I'll be retweeting anything I see from beat writers. So will coach. So follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Uh, you know, even even if it's our sometimes we'll quote tweet it and we'll put a little analysis on it, including DFS. Sometimes it's just so close to the crunch line. I'm just retweeting the actual beat writers, and you know, I I hope that you guys listen to the podcast because you'll be able to kind of get our perspective on every player in that game anyway. Absolutely, and you know, we'll have our our third guy Andrew Hansen joining. For uh, show this week, that'll be fun. Uh, he's uh, his Twitter's at Language Olympic, L A N G U A G E O L Y M P I C. You know, want to start adding him in there because uh, he's going to be part of our our three team uh, three on three here as we go at it. So uh, awesome, man! Well, it was a great show. I I hope. Uh, uh, our listeners can can utilize some of these picks to to build up uh, a nice uh, nice little bankroll. So, all right, dude, thank you for joining us, uh, listeners, for the Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my man Mike Apatria, I'm Coach, and we will catch you tomorrow, where we look to again crush it as we hit the NBA DFS preseason. Thanks. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.